Good morning, everybody. Oh, well, some of you look like you ate a, a sour pickle this morning, so I'm going to try that one again. Uh, good morning to you. Okay. <laughs> it is a great day. How do I know that it's a great day? Because God's Word says the Lord made today. And if He made today, then today must be good. This is the day that the Lord has made. And then what do we do? Well, I'll just wait till I feel that it's good day. Uh, that's how a lot of this generation, well, for a matter of fact, that's the way a lot of us okay, flow. We flow with, you know, our emotional side. We're not trying to stay away from the emotions because they're there. God created us with emotion, but they're not meant to dictate how we live life. That was free, just in case, okay? Okay, and uh, uh, I always tell my kids, and I had one of my sixth graders, <laughs> his name is uh, Dre, and, and he uh, shared, because uh, I, I do this every once in a while, because I talk about emotions and how they can very quickly affect how we live our lives. And I said, you know, that brings me back to that song from several years ago, okay? And it's called, Feelings, Whoa, 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 Feelings. And of course, he wanted me to do a second rendition of it, you know, and a third one and a fourth one, you know, because he just laughed and laughed. And I said, you know, that we can laugh about it, but feelings really can get in the way, okay? Unless we go to the Lord and allow those feelings to take their proper position, okay, in our lives, in Jesus' name. Everyone look at someone else and say, oh my. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you and bless you, Lord, for this day. I thank you, Lord, for the word which will go forth. It will go forth with power. It will go forth with unction. It will go forth with clarity. It will go forth, Father, and make a difference. Father, it will go forth and it will lodge deep in the recesses of our fields, of our hearts. Fertile soil. We declare fertile soil in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father God, hallelujah, that the fruit that comes forth from this is going to be very, very long-lasting in Jesus' mighty name. The people, Father, hallelujah, you will plant it and root it deeply, Father, within us, and that we not forget what you show us today in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone who's in agreement with that, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. I, I, want us, I want to just recognize several people who have come today, and, and I just so am excited about the fact that you've come. Mr. Anglin. Yay. <laughs> and and I, I, I see uh, several uh, of you that, that uh, I was shocked that you would come. Okay, Sarah and Dion and, and Darlene and Mary Sue and, and all of the, the Rucker family. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming this morning. Wonderful. Ah, and we're praying for you, Cindy. We're praying for you and the loss of your mom. And uh, we're going to have some prayer at the end. Okay, and, and we'll include that. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, back in 1983, you know, some of you were not even born in 1983. Okay, but in 1983, something very significant took place in my life. How many of you have ever had something significant happen in your life? Okay, uh, birth of children, uh, a marriage, 
you know, a, a new job, you know, and some things that are epoch moments for your life. And you don't easily forget those times. Well, this time uh, was an epoch moment, and it probably should be for every single person who is a child of God. Uh, I went to, uh, we lived in Liberal, Kansas at the time. Anyone know where Liberal, Kansas is located? Near Guymon, by the way. And uh, uh, lived in Liberal. I was a a college student at the time. And um, I had heard that there was a musical group coming into town. Uh, called Three and One. And I had heard them before. And I had made some commitments to the Lord uh, the previous times that I had connected with them. And uh, so I wanted to go and uh, experience uh, their, the worship that the Lord had given them. And uh, in the process of them singing worship songs and so forth, uh, they had a message. And in the message, it touched my heart. And on that night, on April 4th, 1983, I raised my hand and made a decision to follow Jesus. And, and I've never lived to regret that day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, individual, you know, as, as I was at the beginning, I, I was beginning to um, serve him, but it was all for myself. Anyone have that? Okay, you serve your, you're serving God, but really you're just serving yourself, you know, really, okay? Yeah, you got Jesus in you, but it's for you. Uh, look at your neighbor and say, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> uh, maybe you're still there. Uh, <laughs> As time went by, though, the Lord was changing my relationship with him. How many of you have ever had, you know, the Lord just keeps coming to you and keeps knocking on the door of your heart? You've got him in your heart, but he just is not. He's saying, there's more, there's more, there's more. And he began to show me something I didn't know. Um, He died so that I could live in him. But he wanted to go further than that. Now, he said, I want you to die so that I might be able to live in and through you. That was, revol- that was just revelation to me. And it was a revolution in me, okay? And there was a battle that suddenly started going on, okay? And there's still little parts of me <laughs> that want to battle against that even now. But it, that was a starting point of that shift where it was less of me and more of him. Remember kind of like John the Baptist? He said, less of me and more of him, okay? Hallelujah. And uh, he was showing me about something that we're going to talk about today. Uh, and, and it included the covenant. It included covenant. Everyone say covenant. And, and for me, uh, he was sharing with me how to have a total yielding and a commitment of my life in serving him. And so I began that journey. I began to trust him to take care of me, to lead me, to mold me to teach me, to correct me, and admonish me, to supply for me, to heal me, to restore me, to deliver me, to love me, to protect me, and to make me whole. Shall I go on? His promise to do life through me if I would just simply do one thing, and that's trust him. Trust is a big thing. It's a little word that has a lot of impact. 
a lot of times we are brought to a place where we need to trust. And we back down and we say, not now. Maybe later. Okay? Oh, would I trust him? Would I believe him? Would I have faith in him? You know, he won't get it wrong. I'm going to repeat that. That's something that he said to me a couple times very strongly when I was doing the message. He will not get it wrong. He's not going to get it wrong. If you trust him, he's not going to get it wrong. Hallelujah. I can place my very being into his hands and into his heart and know that eternal blessings and favor will take place. My future and my destiny is in the best of hands. Wow. His promises are more certain than anything that this world could, I could ever consider. Your world could not, what the world could offer you won't even come close. Hallelujah. I wanted to pull up and, and during this period of time as things began to shift and change and I began to yield more of my life to him and he became more uh, on, the, on the throne of my heart, okay? There was a song from years ago that was just brought into my heart, my thought patterns. King of my heart, king of my heart, Jesus you'll always be. And so to be king of your heart is a pretty big deal. Hallelujah. Is he king of your heart? Or is he just a part of your life? Is he a slice of the pie? Okay. Or is he on the throne? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, I, but a, a certain scripture got very, became very dear to me. Uh, if you'll put it on the board. Uh, it was Psalm chapter 42, verses 1 and 2. And I want you to read it with me, please. Let's go ahead and begin. As the deer pants for streams of water. So let's, let's start again. I didn't hear everybody. Let's try it again. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my heart longs for you, O oh God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. Remember that song? Wow. Very dear scripture to me. Very dear part of life to me. And it began to shift and change me more and more. I began to look for him. I began to uh, yearn for him. I began to thirst for him. I began to hunger for him. I began to find out that uh, life is not about me, but it's all about him. Hallelujah. This covenant of living love let me know that no matter the situation, he'd work through it and bring victory in the end. When my dad died, he was there. When your mom died, he was there. I sensed him several times. When, my, uh, when I needed a job, he opened the door and provided the way. Hallelujah. He is faithful. Everyone say faithful. When I was confused, and I've been confused a few times. Some people said this morning that I was confused. Just kidding, but <laughs> what? <laughs> and you're on the stage ministering the word of God? <laughs> but in that place of confusion, he brought peace and assurance. 
1 Corinthians 1.9 says something very powerful of what began to happen. Ha, began to put words to what I was experiencing. And in 1 Corinthians 1.9, it says, God is faithful. Who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord? And that word fellowship right there, hallelujah, is what I wanted to highlight it deals with a word that we might be very unfamiliar with, and that is called koinonia. Everyone say koinonia. koinonia. Just think of the word coin as in a coin, a quarter, a, a dime, a nickel, or whatever. Okay, a coin. Okay, and then say a, uh, and then think of your knee, <laughs> and then another a. Uh. Now put it all together. Koinonia. Okay, now it's just spelled with a K, not a C, okay? So now say it again, koinonia. Say it again, koinonia. One last time, koinonia. Now koinonia, there are other uh, ways that you can pronounce it, okay? A Greek word, and we're going to discuss and go into some details about what koinonia is. But one of the words that is used in Scripture uh, that is koinonia is fellowship. Everyone say Fellowship. And God has called uh, you and I into fellowship, into koinonia, with his son, Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This covenant he has with us is so much more expansive than just a, uh, a relationship between myself and Jesus, though. It's a whole lot bigger than just that. You notice how well, I was in it for me, then I was in it for him, and now he's become Lord, but then he says, and there's even more than, to this than what you're seeing now. And uh, the intentions of my heart were being transformed, and my reasons for existence were shifting from self toward others. It's no longer about me. It's about him, but then if it's about him, then it's about his creation, it's about those outside of me. And I'm here to declare to you that life is more, in this, in this life we live, it's more than just about you. It's more than just about the Lord in you. There's another step that he's calling his people to and has for years and years, and sometimes we get it and sometimes we don't, and that is the fellowship of the believers. The fellowship of God's people one with another. Now let's shift a little bit and consider this body of Christ, shall we? Individually, each of us probably had a testimony of how we came to Christ. Maybe you like or not like mine. We may have a witness in our hearts of how he became the Lord and boss of our lives. Where we are dying daily. As Paul said, I die daily. I look at your neighbor and say, are you dying daily? That's a real thing. Hallelujah. If you want to grow in the things of God, it's about learning to die daily. Hallelujah. Paul said it in several different ways. Hallelujah. Of dying daily. Our God is the centerpiece of our existence individually, but this covenantal relationship expand, extends far beyond Okay, just each one of us. It's a love commitment and it includes others who know the Lord. 
Hallelujah. One of the many great things God has blessed us with is the family of God. You've heard me over and over every Sunday when I say when we're meeting and greeting. What do I say? Okay? Greet one another for this is what? The family or the body of Christ, the family of God. Hallelujah. And it's true. But so easily we just push that little thought aside. And we don't really uh, think you know, that the family of God is all that big of a deal. And so I don't want you to just push aside the family of God. The family of God, hallelujah, is here on purpose to be a part of your life. Hallelujah. This covenantal gathering of God's people is really, if you want to think about it, it's an interweaving. And it's a synergistic melding and outflow from of the people of God as they work together in expanding the kingdom of God. I'm going to repeat that. This covenantal gathering of God's people is really an interweaving. We're being woven together. And a synergistic melding, okay, and outflow of the people of God as they work together in expanding the kingdom of God. We're here not to just grow and love Jesus. We're here to then take this wonderful message and go out with it. Did you hear me? We don't like, Mr. Pastor Kelly, I, I, just, I just don't like to talk. Well, you seem to have no trouble in other places. Okay? Okay? I've been around some of you. I'm, I'm the biggest and best of them, you know, on that. You know, I can talk a lot. <laughs> I tell you, one time, you know, when I was little, uh, my, I would ask my dad a question, you know. That's normal for a kid, asking mom or dad a question. And I, I learned to go to mom with the questions rather than dad because dad had a tendency to go on and on and on. And, and I, I know it wasn't that long, but it seemed like three hours later I had forgotten the question, okay. <laughs> But he would say, we're going to bring it down into a nutshell. I always heard him say that, you know. Pull it into, an, you know, pack it into a nutshell. Uh, this is what it is. And I'm thinking, I can't even remember what we were talking about. Okay. But we, we do, okay, we, we do have a voice. And that voice that we have, God has called us not to just give him glory and honor, but then to take that glorious, most honoring name above all names and bring it and release it to those who are around us, no matter who they might be. Amen? The kingdom of God needs to advance. The kingdom of God is an advancing kingdom. Hallelujah. And we, sometimes we, we just like to want to keep it at our little four and no more. Okay? Just us. Thank you very much. Okay? Why do we want it just this much? Well, because it includes people. And people really make a mess of things. Okay? Does that change what God's Word says about the kingdom of God and about the family of God and about our purpose and what we're here for? It doesn't change it, does it? Well, if it wasn't for the people, the church would be great. If it wasn't for the people, there would be no church. Okay? We are all flawed. We are all dealing with things. And we're all growing. 
Okay? We need to learn to be a family. Okay? The, con- the, the contemporary family, okay, is not a true picture of the family of God that God had instructed us to walk in. Okay? We are instructed, no matter what goes on, we love one another. We walk with one another. We embrace one another. We admonish one another. If you're a leader, you will correct someone. You will, you will do those things in love. That's what true love does. And, and I'm not a person who likes to be admonished. I don't like to be corrected. I want to know that I'm always right. Because I'm a teacher. <laughs> and I'm a pastor. And, I, and I, I, everyone's got to look at me as though I am that. So I, I must put up that image. Mm. You're going a wrong direction. We are the family of God. We need to be a people who will so love one another that the world will see our love. Isn't that what the word says? They will see our love. Man, they love one another. They, they do life with one another. Through everything, they, they, they just keep right on going. What is it with these people? Well, there's a reason. Okay? We're going to get into that. They love him individually and corporately, and they embrace him as the body is built and made into what it's called and purposed to be. The body of Christ. The family of God. We are not individuals groping about. God has purposed, hallelujah, to place a family around you. Hallelujah. To grow together. Hallelujah. To grow in sync. To grow in love. Hallelujah. To to, uh, love Jesus together. To worship Jesus together. Hallelujah. To pray together. Hallelujah. This is a together thing. Look at uh, one another and say, this is a koinonia thing. I've mentioned the word covenant several times. Let's look at covenant. Now, a covenant is a binding agreement. It is a promise. It's a legal contract. It's a seal between two or more parties. Okay? Covenant, now listen to this. Covenant is God implanted into every one of us. Covenant is God unfolded within us all. It's God implanted. He put, you, he put it in you. It's there. It's that thing that you hunger for. It's that yearning, that, it's that, okay? It's that, that whole package, it's that, empty, it's that blank right there that God has put there for you to find and begin to be filled up with. Hallelujah. Is the, the body of Christ, is covenant, okay? It's God implanted and God in unfolded within us all. Many covenants take place in the Bible. 
Okay, I remember uh, a former pastor of mine, he shared very specifically and explicitly uh, for quite a season, he went through uh, the different covenants that are found in the Word. Uh, a couple of them are the Adamic covenant, you have the Mosaic covenant, the Noahic covenant, you have the Davidic covenant. Okay, there are different kinds of covenants. Okay, there were individual covenants made. There were uh, uh, congregational covenants. Okay, all kinds of covenants are talked about. Okay, there is even a covenant in the New Testament called the New Covenant. Everyone say the New Covenant. And this is the promise that God makes with humanity that he's going to forgive sin and eradicate sin. He's going to restore fellowship with those whose hearts are turned toward him. Jesus' blood shed on Calvary is the basis of this promise. Blood had to be shed in order for sin to be atoned and eradicated. Hallelujah. If it wasn't for the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross, we would be doomed and there would be no hope. But that precious covenant that was made from Father God through His Son Jesus, blood was shed, hallelujah, and poured upon us as it were, and it cleanses us and makes us brand new. Amen. Hallelujah. That is the new covenant. There's a lot of other things about it that I'm not going to go into detail with. But I want us to understand that one of the things of covenant that I read years ago it was not unusual in certain groups in ancient times for two parties to come together and make a covenant. And in that making of covenant, they would cut themselves. Now, I'm not trying to go and, and open wounds for people who are dealing with depressions, suicidal thoughts, and they cut themselves. I'm not going that direction at all with what I'm saying. Are you understanding that? But what I am saying is that they would uh, they would literally they would cut a part of their body usually this area right in here somewhere and then they would take that and the two would mix their blood together wow to say that their connection okay was deep and was heartfelt okay and had some depth to it hallelujah and so covenant everyone say covenant the marriage covenant is a powerful earthly example of covenant. But unfortunately, it has been torn at the seams in this era that we live in. Can I get an amen out of that? And why is this so? Because the enemy, but also, may I say, self, has gotten in the way. Uh, uh, there's a selfish core in a lot of cases. I'm not talking about those cases, you know, where, you know, uh, a divorce takes place because of some kind of an abuse of some kind. You understand what I'm trying to say. Uh, but it's been, a lot of it is dealt with a me mentality, okay? Uh, and, and I can't remember the name of that kind of divorce that's common now. They, they have a name to it. Where, yeah, we're going into this, this uh, uh, marriage, but uh, in case anything happens wrong, then it's, there's a quick out. <laughs> a what? A pre, are the prenuptials that go with it, okay? I, I wonder if there were prenuptials, you know, back during the time when, G, when God was forming all this, you know, and creating uh, marriage and, and this whole understanding. I, I'm not sure that was there. 
We've made things so conditional, haven't we? Okay, and, and I'm not sure that our God intended for it to go that direction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We live in a society that is actually repelled by commitment. And any depth of true relationship, I don't want to go there. I just want to be me. I just want to take care of me, myself, and I. Okay? And, and really, that's anti-God. That's anti-Christ. Could what we be seeing, okay, be the beginnings of something that's coming up in the last days? I, I, I don't know exactly, okay, if that's part, it might very well go there, okay? But maybe it, we're kind of being prepared, okay, to kind of get used to that kind of stuff. Uh, let, let, us, let us keep our focus in the right direction, amen? Hallelujah. We're built with the need for covenant. I'm going to say it again. We are built for the need of a covenant, hallelujah. Within that new covenant is interwoven the coming together of the body of Christ. Within covenant, within this new covenant, hallelujah, is koinonia, hallelujah. What is koinonia? It's a Greek word that speaks Exactly what I've, I'm talking about. Hallelujah. And, and, and koinonia. Everyone say koinonia again. Look at a neighbor and say koinonia. Let's spell it. Go ahead. K-O-I-N-O-N-I-A. Koinonia. Okay? And koinonia uh, is all about that new covenant. Okay? That commitment that depth of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Koinonia. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. We've read this before, uh, but uh, it, this is one of the most powerful examples of koinonia in the Bible. There are other places as well. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. I love it when you got people who've got the Bible and they open it up and they've got it ready for you, okay? And if you don't, you got it on the phone, okay? Of course, then we've got it a third way right up here too. Whoa, wow, we've got it everywhere. <laughs> we're, we're, we're making everything available for you so that you can learn the word. Hallelujah. Uh, would you, I know this is going to take a little while, okay? But I want you to read this with me, please. I love it when God's people can read the word together. This is actually part of Koinonia, you know. Doing it together, yeah? Doing it together. Let's read. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, Koinonia, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer, a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. There's more. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. That is the body of Christ at work. Wow, look at all that. 
Let's look uh, and kind of focus on a few words. One of them is, is going to be uh, devoted. Everyone say devoted. Devoted means to persist, persevere in, continue steadfast in, and to wait upon. How persistent are you in getting together with the body of believers? How persistent? Do you persevere in making sure that we get together and we share and that we have communion, that we worship together, that we meet in our homes, we come together at different places at different times, hallelujah, to, to be generous with one another. I'm praying the Holy Spirit is stirring something in us that takes us deeper than where we've been regarding this issue of the body of Christ, amen? Do you wait upon the body of Christ? Well, I thought that was just the pastor's job. Some people really believe that. Well, it's the pastor's job to do all that stuff. Really? I thought it was the whole body of Christ's job. Really, it's the leader's job, okay, to deliver the word, to prepare God's people for works of service so that you will go out and do the works. Oh, well, I've got all these other things I have to do. Uh, we'll get to that in just a minute. So what is koinonia? Look at your neighbor and say, what is it? Well, I uh, looked it up, okay? You know, that's really good if a pastor looks things up, you know, okay? I looked up koinonia to find out that it deals with, of course, the main word is fellowship. Everyone say fellowship. Close association. Community. Communion. And when I mean communion, I'm just not talking about the, you know, the, the Eucharist. Bernard's going to talk about that in a few minutes, okay? I'm not just talking about that uh, activity that we'll be doing in a few minutes, okay? But I'm talking about communion, to commune, okay? To have closeness with, to think, okay? And to uh, ponder with others. Commune, to co have communion Joint participation. Everyone say joint participation. Social intercourse. Ugh. Just like a husband and a wife, they have areas, okay, in which love is expressed in different ways. And one of them is in the sexual union. In the similar fashion, okay, a social way, God's people come together and they begin to interweave and they begin to pour one's life into someone else. Ugh, that sounds too hard. It's the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Let's look at the word awe. Everyone say awe. Awe. There's a, a version of the Bible, the New American Standard Bible, uh, that brings it out just a little bit better. Most of the versions say that they were in awe, okay? But the New American Standard uh, Bible says everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. It would happen one night, and they would sense the awe of God, they would look at all that God was doing in the body and they would just be in awe. 
how can this be? But it is. And then they would come together and, and it, the awe of God would be there again. And then the awe of God would be there in another situation. And it just was so profound. They were in, they couldn't speak probably because of what God was doing in the body. Awe. Look at someone and say, awe. Koinonia is one of the seven spiritual sacrifices found in the Word of God. I had a great teacher years ago that helped me be founded in the things of God, and one of the things that they shared were the spiritual sacrifices that are found in the Word of God. <coughs> Excuse me now. <coughs> the... Uh, I'm not trying to take away from the understanding that obedience is better than sacrifice. Don't get me wrong. We are to obey. We're to obey his word. We're to obey his voice when he speaks. But I guarantee if you obey his word and you will obey his voice, you will do these sacrifices. And a lot of us, we sacrifice a lot. I know we do. You know, families, we sacrifice a lot, okay? At work, you sacrifice. At, at all, you know, in different dimensions, various ways, we sacrifice, okay? And so what I want you to see is there are spiritual sacrifices that God has spoken of in his word. Uh, one would be the sacrifice of praise, Okay, Hebrews 13, 15 says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So there is to be a sacrifice of praise that is coming upon the lips of the children of God. That is a sacrifice. That is something that is a part of the child of God. Put on the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your hands to God. It goes on in the, from there. <laughs> I didn't want to go higher because then I'd crack. <laughs> but you know, God's word also talks about a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Psalm 116 verse number 17 says, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. God talks about the power of thanksgiving. And uh, God's word even says in one place in the New Testament, it says that it is the will of God that we be thankful at all times. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm thankful for you. Now, you can go a whole lot of other different directions, okay, about being thankful. Hallelujah. But I'm here to say that is a spiritual sacrifice is to be thankful. Hallelujah. It's so easy to start looking at the negative things, point out all the faults in the other person, okay? Why their way of looking at it is wrong, okay? We need to be thankful for who they are in your life. Who are they to you? Hallelujah. What do they mean to you? Hallelujah. Let's be thankful. Hallelujah. Let's, let's just lift our hands and let's just thank him for a moment. Father, we just thank you. Yes, Lord, we praise you and we thank you, Father, for who you are, what you've done, what you're doing now, what you're about to accomplish, Lord. We're just thankful people in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. God's word tells us that there is a living sacrifice. Everyone say living sacrifice. 
God's word says in Romans chapter 12, verse number one, you know the scripture well. It says, therefore, everyone say, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Hallelujah. A living sacrifice. Hallelujah. Lay our lives fully and completely before him and let him do works of grace that we could not possibly uh, accomplish on our own in Jesus' name. And then the sacrifice that I wanted to share and that we've been dealing with today is the sacrifice of koinonia. Everyone say koinonia. This is a spiritual sacrifice offered to the people of God. In Hebrews 13, 16, it says, But do not forget to do good and to share. Koinonia. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. He is well pleased with koinonia. He loves it. When his people come together and begin to live life pouring into one another, combining as it were, we almost become one. We almost take on one name as it were. Boy, that doesn't flow well with today's society. Since we all want to be our own thing, we want our own nation, we want our own this and our own that, and we want to have our own everything. Are you getting to what I'm trying to say? Okay? The body of Christ should be, most of all, okay, preoccupied, okay, with becoming one with the others and with God Himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As you look into Koinonia and its Hebraic and Aramaic cousins, I want to say cousins, because the Bible was written not just in Greek in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, what were the languages that it was written in? Hebrew and what? Aramaic. In fact, a lot of people spoke in Aramaic even during Jesus' time and during the early church. Okay, And so it wasn't unusual possibly to hear someone speak in Aramaic. So the Aramaic way of thinking needs to be brought in. And so in that, uh, you find a deeper understanding of what the first century church experienced as a body of believers when you look at these other uh, um, uh, languages. It involves, this is what koinonia involved. All believers, all believers, no one is to be left out. Even if they're shy or backward or they would just rather be left alone or just they don't fit in. If they're a believer, such an individual is not to be left out. We include everyone who is a believer. Now, I'm not trying to be inclusive and bring in inclusion, like a lot of, you know, the, the new vernacular nowadays, you know, because we want to bring in everybody, and we want to love on you, and you're okay just the way you are, and, and all that kind of bleh, okay? I am talking about we love you. 
the person, and we're going to bring you in. We're going to deal with those sins. We're going to deal with those issues that you have. We're not going to let those slide. But we are going to bring you in and welcome you and love you. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Koinonia is getting together for a potluck dinner. Yes, it is. Koinonia is getting together for singing and praising God. Yes, that's true. Uh, pot, uh, potluck. Uh, koinonia is all about encouraging each other in the word of God. Absolutely. Koinonia is all about okay, lifting one another, blessing one another, and being generous. Yes, it is. Hallelujah. It's all about that. But as I was looking into the Aramaic Hebrew forms of where koinonia might fit into in the Old Testament, uh, it says, but it also has the idea of healing. Physical healing, emotional healing. Wow! For various reasons, many who need that healing, physical or emotional, we tend to isolate or lock ourselves away. And yet, those are the ones who are the most in need of the body of Christ. God put the body of Christ here on this earth for you. Hallelujah. Another Aramaic form of fellowship brings in a very interesting picture. Please bear with me. Uh, it deals with uh, the picture of a Pharaoh ant. What on earth does this have to do with koinonia? Uh, like I said, bear with me. The, it's what the Pharaoh ant does. It's not the fact that he stings or whatever, you know, okay, and that it's an insect. It's what he does. Okay, and so they fly very closely together. They're a type of fly that for a cycle of their life, they have wings, they fly. And they fly very closely together. In fact, people call it swarms. And there is safety in numbers by swarming. So they actually are kept safe if they fly in a swarm. Take that into Koinonia. Take that into the body of Christ. Are you getting it? Hallelujah. They serve each other. When a river floods, these ants link themselves together, hundreds of thousands all at once, forming a raft. Where on their own they would drown, but by clinging together, they are able by serving each other to form a raft and survive. Get the picture. We are the body of Christ. We are, okay, a, a covenant people. Hallelujah. He has put you together with me on purpose for such a time as this. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Koinonia means to share the life of Christ with one another in a way that results in an individual but yet a corporate spiritual growth through ministering or serving each other. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Another aspect of koinonia that we're going to cover today is called communion. Everyone say communion. The word communion means the sharing or the exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. Remember I told you what communion meant. 
Hallelujah. It's more than just simply that act that we're going to be partaking of in a few minutes. Koinonia has everything to do with communion. For communion celebrates and reminds us of the strong interwoven covenant that our God has established with us. But not just individually, but also how? Corporately, together. That's why we take communion, how? Together. Many of you might do it at home, and that's awesome. I do it at home. Uh, and, and, and sometimes you might do it every day. Some people take it every day. As long as you understand what communion really is and what it pertains to, hallelujah, you might even do it several times a day. Hallelujah. Without his sacrifice and resurrection, ladies and gentlemen, we're no better off than those that are in the world. We might as well gather around the bar counter and share our hopeless life story with one another. Really? Okay. How hopeless would that be? <laughs> and then we feel horrible the next day too. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 and 17. I love this. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body. For we all partake of that one bread. Clearly, we can tell that koinonia is much more than just self but it is inclusive of everyone in the body. But then it's more than just the body coming together and sitting on a chair a few times a week. Uh-oh, I'm stepping on toes now, okay? But it's also their function as a part of that body. Since we're the body of Christ, we are spiritually united with him and with one another. Since we're members of one another, we need to relate to each other in a mutually interdependent way. The important point, therefore, is not that we just attend meetings, and that's all there is, but that we authentically share the life of Christ with one another in its various forms. It's impossible, I repeat, it's impossible to have real fellowship with no involvement, where there is no entering into a covenant or a true relationship. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. Powerful scripture. Paul's talking to the people of God, teaching them how to become that body of believers, how to grow, how to experience koinonia. Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, everyone say whole body, being fitted and held together. How? Together. How? We're being held together. Huh, yes we are. Being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies. You're a joint. No, you're not a marijuana joint. Sorry. Okay, not going there. You are a joint to the body of Christ, to this family of God. 
huh? And you have a supply. Have I not shared that with you before? Every one of you have a supply. According to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building of itself in love. Wow. Romans 13.8 says, Let no debt remain outstanding except for the debt of love you owe one to another. Wow. Did you know you have a debt? Well, we might have several debts. Okay? God says to get rid of all of those other ones except one. You will have one debt that you will never get rid of as far as you're on this earth. And that is that debt of love that you owe to the others in here. Chris, you have a debt of love that you owe to Charlene. Sarge, you have a debt of love that you owe to Brad. Louise, you have a debt of love that you owe to Cammie up here. Vanessa, you have a debt of love that you owe to Sarah over here. Darlene, you have a debt of love that you owe to Jeremy. Well, we don't even know half these people. What do you mean? Hello? Konania? Fellowship? Share? You're stepping on my toes. I wanted to hear a message that would tickle my ears and make me feel good when I laughed. You're mean. I sound like a teacher, don't I? <laughs> I'm not here to tickle your ears. I'm here to challenge you at the very core of who you are. Many may say the following, great, roll the eyes. With all the other things my family has going on, and now I'm expected to get more involved with the body of Christ. I'll be overwhelmed. I can't do all that. Who do you think you are? Well, let me see. How many of those 46 things or 73 things that you have going on, how many of them are absolutely that important, that it causes the body of Christ to be in lack. Hmm. If you love something or someone, you will find a way to get the money, won't you? <laughs> you will find the time, won't you? If you love them. Do you love the body? Do you really? If you really love, you'll get that transportation needed in order to get somewhere, won't you? You'll change your schedule, won't you? You sure will. I can remember, okay, I had a few loves in my life. You better believe I changed my schedule. I suddenly had the money available to go and spend it on her. Yeah, I did. You, you bet. Now, what about the body of Christ? One of the most powerful ones that you could love. 
How much are you really in love with the body? Hmm. Many in the West have been distracted and deceived into being involved with a plethora of things or activities. This way of living has done exactly what the enemy has desired. Separate and distract the body. I think Daniel says that the job of the enemy is to wear down the saints. Well, when you've got the other 63 things going on, I can see why it would wear you down. Because we get the idea that all the things that the world has to offer are my priority. And I've got to be involved in some way, shape, or form with that. I'm asking the Holy Spirit right now to shed light upon that which is really important for you. And that you will lop off some of the things that you thought were just so vitally important that you had to be a part of it that caused you not to be a part of the body of Christ. I know I'm getting really... Ugh. Wow! You see, the whole purpose of koinonia is based from love. I'm saying this out of love. Hallelujah. As this relationship with God grows in love, you will find a way to be with that which you love. <laughs> Praise God. Here's another way of looking at how we live. Think of food and drink. Okay? We love sweeteners, don't we? Mm -hmm. There's sucrose and corn syrup that is used to sweeten most of the things that we eat or drink. Uh, of which, when taken in large quantities, is quite toxic to your body. Not able to be processed very well. Um, then we have, of course, the artificial sweeteners, okay? And they come in, and really, they're not much better, okay? <laughs> but then there's the fructose, the natural sweeteners that you find in fruit. And they're uh, much more able to be processed and, and uh, able to be, uh, uh, the body's able to uh, uh, take it and, and work with it a whole lot more a whole lot better. Uh, but because our palates haven't been uh, used to tasting naturally this sweetener, okay, we don't like it. And so we refer back to the thing that we like. Okay? And so as a result, okay, we've been quote-unquote deceived okay, by the, all the artificial sweeteners. And it's going to take a while to get weaned off of the artificial it's going to take a little while maybe for you to get used to the fact that you don't need all that stuff that the world is offering you. You don't have to have it. Got to have it. Got to have got to find out what happens on the world on the, uh what's the name of the the uh uh uh, sitcom, okay, you know, he says, uh, Bobby and Jenny, and Bobby and Jenny, they might get married. I can't miss that episode. I've got to find out what happens. And there's five hours of it, because there's part one, part two, and part three, four, five. I don't want to miss a thing. The world offers it, and we go, yeah, oh, wow, woohoo. There was a young man that worked. <laughs> it's not in my notes. Uh, there was a young man that uh, uh, worked with me at a place that you might very well know called Wendy's. I did that in my college years, you know. And uh, that's what a lot of college kids do, at least they used to do. And uh, so uh, we worked at Wendy's. And uh, I was the, the patty 
Turner, and uh, I was at the grill, and uh, we'd get that lunch rush coming at about 11.30, and that's when we contacted a bunch of the other guys to come in, you know, and serve lunch with us, and this young man was uh, hired a few days ago, and so he came in, and first day, he did pretty well, and, uh, and then the second day, uh, he didn't come in, but he called. And he says, I can't come in right now. He said, because I'm watching Days of Our Lives and I have to know whether John and Susie are actually going to do it. Now you look at me that way. Now I hope you haven't done some of the same thing, but maybe with something else or some other program. The church called you and said, you know, we would love to have you over. Well... You offer some excuse, but really it was that episode on TV or that sports show or better yet, the football game, basketball game, basketball, whatever it is. Of course, now we can just bring the basketball and the football right into the sanctuary now. Amen, pastor. Oh, come on, make that touchdown. Go, 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 go. <gasps> Amen. That means he scored the touchdown. <laughs> uh, we're used to the world's way of telling us how we should live life with all of its choices and various ways of the same. Maybe it's time to truly evaluate who or what we really love. Some may say, but I was hurt by the church. I was hurt by the leaders of the church. I don't want to be a part of that anymore. It hurt too bad. Okay, I'm not belittling the challenging experiences we've gone through with the body of Christ. May I remind you, the body of Christ is not perfect. And it will not be. You may picture it to be. But until Jesus comes, we're going to lack in that little area aside from the grace of God that he gives us. Hallelujah. It doesn't change, though, what God's word says. What his plan and desire is to use his body. Koinonia is still there. And it's a foundational way to expand his kingdom. Thayer's... Uh, Greek-English lexicon of the New Testament defines koinonia, among other things spoken earlier, as joint participation. Its origin is the Greek word kononios, which means partner, sharer, and companion. Wow. And we have all the excuses. I'd like to, but, and I know we all have certain times when something happens. I understand. I've had them myself. We are created to live this Christian life with others in God's family. Why? Because within this framework is found destinies, advances, deliverances, encouragements, restorations, corrections, blessings, miracles, and all the supernatural activities available to God's children. Amen. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. It has become the habit of some to no longer meet together for various reasons. This should not be. 
as is the habit of some, but encouraging and, uh, one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. True kononia does not create an isolated or ingrown body of believers. It creates a desire to reach out and spread the truth and for others to come into the kingdom for such a time as this. We've been stirred recently to think 200. There it is. Think 200. Have you been thinking 200? Have you been preparing 200? Hallelujah. Koinonia is a strong catalyst to growth in several ways, including numerically. Acts chapter 2 shows this very clearly. How Koinonia stirred the believers' hearts to share his good news. And as a result, what did it say right at the very end of that whole scripture that we read earlier? It says that many came to a saving knowledge of Christ Jesus. Now, what are we going to do, ladies and gentlemen, with this thing called koinonia? What are we going to do? Well, I hope it's challenged you and caused you to look and begin to examine yourself and to see what do I need to do? How do I need to change? Hallelujah. Here's some thoughts that I came up with briefly dealing with an application of koinonia. Serve with your gifts. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Are you using your gifts? Are you using your talents in this body? Okay? We can be hospitable to each other. Invite one another over to one another's houses. Invite one another out for supper, for lunch. Oh, but we already have this plan, that plan. I understand. Okay? But it shouldn't be a habit. So that it excuses you from not having to be a part of the body of Christ. Okay? Be hospitable. Offer food. And not just because when, they, when people are getting ready, you know, because they had a death in the family. Or someone's been violently ill for a long season and we're blessing the family with food. I want you guys to be remembering Cindy... And, and her, her daughter and their family uh, just lost mama just a few days ago, okay? And so be thinking, and, and if you want to give food in that direction, okay, connect with one of us, okay? Because we want to bless, okay? We are the body of Christ. We are to share. Hallelujah. Maybe clothing is needed. Maybe shelter is needed. Maybe something is needed for periods of time. Hallelujah. How about just togetherness? Get together for worship, not just on Sunday morning, not just on Wednesday evening. Just to get together. Hallelujah. Because it's, it's stirring in your heart. Maybe a Bible study should be started. You know, there was this big thing several years ago with small groups. Uh, just because we haven't heard from it, about it for a while doesn't mean that it still doesn't exist. And that it's on God's heart for small groups. Hallelujah. Get together with uh, prayer. Just come together to pray. You know what I saw last Sunday that was absolutely koinonia? Was the fact that the people of God took almost an hour and a little bit more to get out of this place. See, a few of us, we just left pretty quickly. Okay, And you had your reasons and I completely understand. But man, 
the cornonia that was taking place afterward was quite amazing. People were praying over one another. They were truly listening to what was happening in someone else's life. There was crying going on. There were tears. There were Kleenexes being passed around. Okay? Things were happening. It's called koinonia. Encourage one another. Support each other. Hold each other accountable. I do that once a week with someone. Okay? Every week. Been doing it for six months, maybe more. Done it off and on through the years. Never knew I had a ministry with men. Never knew I had a ministry with men. And over and over and over again, the last eight years, men come across my path. <laughs> I need to get with you. We need to la 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 la. And I'm saying, okay, Father, I have no clue how this came about. But, and I didn't see it, but you, obviously you did. And so I'm just going to flow with that. Hallelujah. How about sharing God's abundance with others? Amen. Share your abundance. Okay? Whether it's in church, maybe tithes and offerings. In a few minutes, tithes and offerings. When you, before you leave, by the way. Tithes and offerings. Okay? I'll do it right now. Okay? We got the envelope in the back. You've got the texting. You've got the uh, uh, online that we do. Okay? Share your generosity. That's how the church works. That's how the church functions. It really is. You don't know where all that money is going to. You've heard all these men and women who have been doing things in the body of Christ and they've been taking millions of dollars and blah, 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 blah. That might be true. Come back to trust one more time. Trust again. It's a risk. Loving the body of Christ is risky. And if you listen to the world, they'll say, shut it down. Don't go there anymore. It hurts too much. But if you're a child of God, the love of God will compel you and burn within you and cause you to move beyond and say, one more time. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We praise you for today. We thank you, Father, for your word which has gone forth with clarity. It's gone forth with purpose. It's gone forth, hallelujah, with, with, uh, with truth. Hallelujah. There is an unction in my heart. And I pray your spirit, Father God, is speaking to each and every person here to take what has been brought and to uh, meditate upon it, to ponder it, and then to allow it to have deep fr uh, fruit come forth from it in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. I, I want to pray, hallelujah, if there's anyone in here or on YouTube who is within my voice, hallelujah, if you do not have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you're not part of the body of Christ and you will not experience koinonia. What you will experience is the world and it, the world can give you no hope. If you're here today and you don't have Christ in your heart, boldly raise your hand so that you too can be a part of what God is doing in this day and age. Hallelujah. I'm giving several moments for you to make that decision. On YouTube, even though you're by yourself or with your family, raise that hand straight up in the air. Hallelujah. And do that. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Lord. Now let's, let's, let's pray. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Just repeat after me. Say, Father, I thank you. I come before you. I need you. I have sinned. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on that cross, rising again three days later to save me, to cleanse me, to make me whole. Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. Be Lord and boss over my life. I will serve you the rest of my days. I will be part of the body of Christ. I will experience kononia. And I thank you now for it. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, if you'll be seated, we're getting ready to do communion. And as we get ready to do communion, I want to just share something. I want to take some time before we receive the elements to examine yourself. Everyone say, examine yourself. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight to 29, it says, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body, eat and drink judgment on themselves. Now that sounds like a real scary thing. Hallelujah. It's, it's not everything you, you think it might be. Hallelujah. But what it is speaking to us about is the importance of, of looking around and see if you have ought against anyone in here. Do you have ought against anyone in here? Is there uh, something that you, someone you need to be reconciled to? Hallelujah. If there's someone in your life that's not here, but they're in your life, and you need to be reconciled to them, how this is a moment to come and bring reconciliation to that. Maybe you need to get off your high horse and off your pride and your arrogance and yield and say, yep, they were right and I wasn't. Whatever that situation is, that things need to be reconciled, okay, they need to be reconciled. This is your moment to do that. Hallelujah. So if it's in here, hallelujah, great. If it's somewhere else, you have your opportunity to talk to the Lord for a moment and be reconciled in that moment. And I'm going to have that opportunity right now. Don't feel weird because it's quiet suddenly. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We position ourselves by reconciling. We examine ourselves, Father, by getting things right with the others. Now, I'm going to ask Bernard to come forward, and he's going to share a few minutes regarding uh, the issue of communion, kononia. And uh, so I want, if you may still need to get a pen and write a few more minutes. Hallelujah. This is a teaching time, a teaching session, hallelujah, on the deep things of God. Hallelujah, amen. And then I'd want you to miss out on what God wants to accomplish and do. The presence of God is here. 
The Spirit of God is in our midst. Hallelujah. And He's teaching us in this time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Bernard, hallelujah. It's how you receive it. This message should permeate your, to the depths of your soul. This is a message that I have been meditating on for a long time, how the body of Christ is supposed to be every single day. I'm going to bring it down to terms everybody understands. If the Muslims can do it, and the Hasidic Jews can do it, and the cults that are out there who don't know the one and the living God can do it, do not tell me that we, God's children, should not do this every single day of our lives. Because we will have the anointing of God and the presence of God and the joy of God looking at his children doing what they're supposed to do. And he's going to have a huge smile on his face because we'll be doing what we're supposed to be doing. That wasn't included. I'm sorry, but that was so in my heart. That was so in my heart. Praise be to God. <laughs> okay. All right. Our brothers in Christ are going to go ahead and distribute the communion elements, please. Okay, we're going to talk about the Eucharist. It's the sacrament of communion, as Pastor Kelly was saying, with one another in the one body of Christ. There's only one body. The Bible clearly says that. If you belong to Christ, you belong to that one body, okay? Um, this was the full meaning of Eucharistic koinonia in the early Catholic Church. Don't let that throw you. Don't let me say in Catholic Church, don't let that throw you, okay? Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas wrote, the Eucharist is the sacrament of the unity of the church. The unity of the church, not the discord, the unity of the church, as Pastor Kelly so eloquently put it, okay? Which results, thank you, sir, from the fact that many are one in Christ. It's the Christian ceremony commemorating the Last Supper in which bread and wine are consecrated and consumed. It's a central rite of Christian Okay. It's a memorial action in which by eating bread and drinking wine, the church recalls what Jesus Christ was, said, did, and is. Okay. And we thank you, Father, for these symbolic representations. Let's go to Matthew 26, 26 through 28. And as they were eating, King James Version. 
Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament. Y'all know what that first page of the New Testament says? If you don't, you need to look it up. Okay? For this is my blood, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four through 29. And when he had given thanks, again, referring to Jesus, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Let us partake of the bread, please. After the same manner, he also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Let us partake. Hallelujah. As we conclude this morning, hallelujah, I want to uh, give opportunity for each and every person uh, to respond to the message today. I want you to take some time for a few minutes. I believe we're going to have a little bit of uh, music in the background. And I want you to be wooed by the Spirit of God to respond to what God is trying to accomplish and do in you with this message today. Okay? However the Lord stirs you, however the Lord shows you to respond, you do that. For some of you, that may be just simply bowing your head and going to Him and asking Him to do what He needs to do. Whatever it was that stirred you and prompted you and uh, caught your heart. Some of you may need to kneel. Some of you may need to just get on the floor for a few minutes. We call that sucking carpet. Carpet time. Others may need to come to the front. Okay? You're stirred in some way. Some of you may need to ask for prayer regarding this issue of kononia. And what it means. However way the Lord wants to show you. Some of you, right after we get done with service, you're going to make a phone call to someone that you need to reconcile with. That's part of the body of Christ. <laughs> Amen? Hallelujah. So we're opening it up at this time. Hallelujah. Uh, Tim, if you'll turn down the lights really low for just a few minutes. And in these few minutes is going to be ministry time for you to respond to our God. 
you take this time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, everyone's had opportunity to respond to the message. Hallelujah. And there was actually a, just a response that was right there that needed to happen right here in our congregation regarding reconciliation. Hallelujah. So we just thank you. Hallelujah. We're not putting on filters and we're not going to assume or do anything. We're here as the body of Christ. We're actually experiencing koinonia right now as we speak. Hallelujah. Okay, now we're going to pray for Cindy and her daughter. And if you sense the stirring to come up and gather around them, they've just experienced the death of her mama. Mama knew Jesus through and through. Okay? She was ready to go home. Okay? She gives a pretty strong hallelujah, amen. Okay? But uh, we want to lift up and we want to pray over. So if you want to come forward, hallelujah, and you have that stirring, there is a supply that you will give. Hallelujah, the body. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you and praise you. As the body of Christ gathers around these who have lost their loved one, I thank you right now that you will touch to the depths, the very core of their being. Speak, Father, to their bodies. Speak to their hearts. Speak to their spirit. Speak to their soul, their mind, will, and emotions. Come in right to the center I thank you, Father God, that you will touch every area that is hurt, every area that is lacking, every area, Father, that is grieving. I just thank you right now that you're speaking to those areas right to the very core. And you're beginning to bring forth the healing even now as we speak. We thank you, Father, for the way that you allow us to grieve. And I thank you that this family will not get stuck in any place within that process. But it will be thorough. And it will have its perfect work. And I thank you that when it's done, hallelujah, they will be more healthy and more whole than they could have ever imagined knowing that they have a maternal leader that showed them how to walk the walk of Christ Jesus. And I thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Now, ladies of the church, gather around and love on them. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. And the rest of us, hallelujah, we just lift up this family and we thank the Lord for them knowing that there are good things in store hallelujah in Jesus mighty name hallelujah hallelujah thank you Lord we bless you bless you bless you Lord Jesus hallelujah 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 thank you Jesus thank you Jesus hallelujah Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Those of you who are just sitting, don't disengage. This is a time to still engage because God is doing work more than just right here. 
He's doing it in another spot even as we speak. He's at work, ladies and gentlemen. He's doing something in our midst. Hallelujah. And even though you personally might not be involved, hallelujah, the body of Christ is. Hallelujah. And others are being touched in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Charles, would you take a moment just right where you're at? Father, I thank you for Charles. I thank you, Father God, for those that are in his family. The Father that you are bringing together. Hallelujah. Those sons and those daughters. You're bringing together those in his family. And you are creating a legacy. You are creating a legacy, hallelujah, that Charles never thought could even come close. I thank you, Father, that your hand is upon him. Hallelujah. That in these years, Father, he will see, hallelujah, the putting together of a family that you have your hand upon. Hallelujah. To accomplish things and do things for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah, that only his family was meant to accomplish in Jesus' name. We thank you and praise you for it, Father. Thank you, Lord, for it in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. See, that some of us, it's that... It's that battle even now as we speak. I want to go. I want to go. Got to get out here. Got to do this. Got to do that. Okay? And then the koinonia that's taking place here. And it's that letting go of the saccharine smells and the saccharine tastes of the world. And getting used to what it really means to be in the midst of God's people. Hallelujah. Doris. Hallelujah. Just simply embrace Vanessa right now. Just embrace. But something will take place in that moment as you do. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for the supernatural release that's taking place even now as we speak between them. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your touch. Sele brokosamata, zanzi embrende, zola brakeste, zondo brokostabai, solo brokosabe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sola mende brigisabash, pasele, masandobra, masandobra, gosobe. Celebricosobo, Kansana Makenja, Zolo Bracosabo Kunchede, Solomando Rakasa Bateke, Celemendo Bordo Cose, Celebrecese Beke Shatsakolo Bocona Maracansata. Hallelujah, I'm going to put you on the spot, so to speak. I want you to go to Gail and trust the Lord to give you a word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Gail. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to trust that the Lord gives Lakita a word for you 
in due season. Hallelujah. Sola brakespe. Sola mandobra kasabesh bastana kanjede. Sala mandreki spashtina kansa. Lombra kospadeshte. Lembra kisaba stana kindebri. Halabrakosabakorian sadai. Lembrekita. Lambra kaspada kishpadakanda. Solo brakospa kedirikiri ambrakasa. Nelele lalabratosa. Malabrindoste. Shela brakosa burkana kanjada. Lebrekisabashte. Sele mendorakose. Lende mbriki sabashti nekezebe. Molo bertona sainje kebatrala. Zola mantunsa lambra kunsebete. Breke spishti ma tunzi ambrandaka. Lembreke sebrishti nekezebrakota. Zola mranaka spasteke. Lembreke sa brashtana kanjete. Hallelujah. I just hear the Lord say things aren't as they seem. Hallelujah. They may look a certain way in accordance with what you see, and they may look a certain way according to the way the things that are happening, but they aren't as they seem. How? Because I hear the Father saying that I am doing that perfect work. I am completing what I started. I am perfecting that which concerns you. Hallelujah. So things aren't as they seem. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Sele brakosaba, mastan dakaste. Sele chata. Hallelujah. Be ready. Hallelujah is moving into another place, into another dimension, another level. Uh, there are more things that he wants to accomplish in it and through it. Hallelujah. So be ready. Be ready. Hallelujah. He'll supply. He'll supply. He always does. He always has. Hallelujah. Sele bracosta. Malabrandebe. Alabracosta. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to go ahead and do the offering very briefly. I've already kind of shared it before, but this is part of koinonia. Maybe some of you have not participated in this aspect of koinonia, but the sharing, okay, the generosity, hallelujah, the tithes and the offerings are a part of that part of koinonia. It's the, it's the sharing of God's uh, greatness and goodness to his people. Hallelujah. And then the church takes that and is able to do something with it and accomplish and do a thing. Hallelujah. And so the, the tithes and the offerings, uh, we, we know very well how to do it in person with the envelopes. Uh, we know about the uh, online and we know about texting. And so I encourage you to give. And um, uh, it, it just, it blesses. It blesses you when you give. <laughs> it just does. I, I've been doing this. Uh, first time I remember giving was when I was in, uh, even before college. And, and I got a glimpse of what it meant. 
And then I found out that I tithe off of my gross and not off of my net. And I was like, what? And yet I started doing it. I have never looked back. He is faithful. Look into someone and say, he is faithful. Okay, he's always faithful. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So uh, give. Give out of the abundance of your heart. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah.